Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man, one right-side-up kissing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> I'm Zach Luna. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker of Star Trek Minute. Wonderful. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you for being here, Star Trek folk. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. You're, you're our last guests. This oh, is... Wow. This is it. Yeah, uh, we've arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we've got we've got one week after this, and it's just going to be me and Zach next week. So, uh, you're 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 closing out our uh, our guest couch. Awesome. Uh, thanks for so thanks for squeezing us in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, today we are talking about uh, minute one fourteen, which begins with MJ. St- Saying that I'm just me and that's okay, <laughs> uh, and ends with uh, MJ repeating, "There's so much to tell." Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> we we just had we just had um John on uh from Alien Minute uh for earlier this week and um we were having we we kind of started this conversation with him. I'm gonna continue it with you guys. <laughs> okay. Um, we 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 are we we don't want people to to believe that we aren't aware that this dialogue isn't the best, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, like we know that it's not, and and it is what it is. And we talked about it. We we you know we criticized it with um with John uh, yesterday, um, and tried to like figure out how to fix this. Um, I think that. I, okay, so first of all, so last last minute ended with MJ saying, uh, "Let's see, there's only w- uh, one man who was ever there for me, um, who has always been there for me, who makes me believe that I'm more than I ever thought I was, that I'm just me, and that's okay." Uh, is is how we transition into this, and I just who makes me believe that I'm more than I ever was. Okay, that's one thought. That I, fine. Mm-hmm. That I'm just me, and it's okay. No, kind those are those are contradictory. Yeah. those are opposite thoughts. <laughs> you can't you can't think both of those things. <laughs> um, that uh, that oh man, that is what a weird transition. And that's it, like in the script. It's not like they cut something out there, right? Um, and splice two thoughts together. No, that's those are just. Those are just the words as written on the page exactly like that. And I don't I, – I can't make heads or tails of how these two things are connected. Right. Um, uh, I, 
it's almost like there were two ideas of like how how can we what are all the ways I could list out the way that uh, Peter makes me special and we we got to throw them all in there as evidence uh, even if they don't quite make sense like oh he makes me feel special and also he makes me feel like it's just okay to just be me but special has become like like flowered up into this more than I've ever thought I could be right sort of phrase right yeah. Uh, right more than i ever thought i i was but i'm also just me and that's okay Um, and that's okay (laughs) again i do want to reiterate which we talked a little bit about last week uh the idea that i want to give as many props as i can to uh kristen dunst because i think she's selling it even it Mm -hmm. even as the actual word is she she selling it i think she's selling the idea (laughs) behind it even if like the uh the circumstances are strange. Like this mm-hmm. type of confession is strange in this moment. You, we would expect her to, you know, more be hinting at this or giving subtext or saying some sort of pithy phrase that uh, tells Peter she cares without being this explicit about it. Um, right. What I just like <laughs> notice in this transition into today's minute is that in that whole big world word salad of one man only one who's ever been there for me the, it makes me feel like more than i ever could have felt like it, and i'm just being that's okay i like at least that she can see the goal at the end of this line which is to mm-hmm. start to land the emotion and i mm-hmm. think this is where the scene starts to work as much as it can work is this, she's she's completely selling the emotion of the moment even if i never believe the words that are coming out of her there mouth. it is there it is yeah <laughs> that's that's the way I would like to parse and praise this uh, moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was I think that's a good way to say it, because that's when when I when we when I watched the when I watched the minute the first time through, I'm like, oh, oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't remember it like this. But when you're looking at it just in this in this chunk, it's uh, yeah, I'm not buying it. And, right. <laughs> and, I got, and I got totally distracted and had a, a nodding hill moment. You know, Julia Roberts saying, you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. That was that's immediately <laughs> came into my head. And my, I kind of just went I went into that film uh-huh. for a while. <laughs> Which I would always uh, prefer that phrasing here. If it was just straight uh-huh. up, like just a girl standing in front of a boy, you know, asking him to love me. Like, yeah, even that is a little less overwrought than <laughs> where we are here. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like John put it. They're just they're just putting they're putting text up and that's it like there's not they're not layering this with subtext at all they're just like having her speak text um, yeah and and it just it's gonna come off as clunky because there's it's it's sort of unmotivated Mm -hmm. um uh, because it's it's really just and it it is unmotivated and and okay so here's the (laughs) thing here's the thing about teenagers yes um (laughs) This is how teenagers share their feelings, right? There is, yeah. there is no subtext with teenagers. And in fact, mm-hmm. what we think of as teenagers talking is really 40-year-olds writing teenagers, usually. Right. Writing pithy, <laughs> quippy teenagers. Right. Yeah. But if you're actually like around teenagers or remember being a teenager, you didn't know – there was no such thing as subtlety. Yeah, um, it was really just like this is how I'm feeling. 
Um, everything, everything's a raw nerve when you're a teenager <laughs> and it's easy to forget that they're teenagers, but they are teenagers. And I'm not going to say that this is well written no, <laughs> because, oh, they're teenagers. That's how teenagers talk. But, but I will say it, it, it to a certain level, like I understand that being an instinct of like wanting this to play like a raw nerve, but just every Every movie writing bone in my body is just screaming, this is wrong. This is wrong. Don't yeah. do this. <laughs> you, you know, you have to you have to remind, and I'm glad you are reminding me that they are supposed to be teenagers because uh, I have forgotten that. Yeah. You yes. know, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, seeing these two together, I'm like, yeah, no, not teenagers. Right, right. And, and I don't. I don't know if I've also got the bias now too with the with the with Spider-Man: Homecoming, mm-hmm. um, and the I, I don't know the actor's name but, uh, who plays the new guy who's playing Spider. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems like you know he. I buy it there that this kid seems like a teenager. Right. In fact, he he seems so young to me. <laughs> um, so in contrast, watching this, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, these there's like two adults and I. <laughs> yeah, I it's, I agree with you, Chris. Yeah. I totally forgot. Like when you sent us these minutes and I watch them, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, they're not they're not kids here. That's mm-hmm. uh, and I had to go back and watch. I watched a couple of the other minutes and I realized like, wow, I'm like, I didn't realize how, and, and I did the same thing, Chris, where I compared it to Homecoming because I just seen it and I was mm-hmm. like, and I feel like he fit the mold and I'm like, and I know we're getting off topic, but I'm like, yeah, the, it's, yeah, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this movie now, knowing that, how old T- Tobey Maguire and and. Kristen Dunst are. It, mm-hmm. it is a dramatic change just how much the the feeling is different when you cast people who are genuinely young to play these. I mean, at this point, this is more Dawson-y type casting, like right. Uh, right. traditional, like it's easier to work with older seasoned actors. We just all kind of go with the idea that a 25-year-old pretty person plays a high schooler. That's fine. You know, and that uh, the whatever, um, you know, extra layers of meaning are imparted by watching two people in their mid 20s talk like young teenagers is just kind of like you shrug your shoulders and let it slide um but it's a little trickier um indirect contrast to um a a more recent one that cast people who are like 19 uh instead of 27 Uh, right but almost like but even even zach and i have to continuously remind ourselves that they're 18 in this like their characters (laughs) are 18 years old <laughs> um, you know, maybe nineteen, but they are they they graduated earlier, and this is just the following November. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> that, right. It makes me think of that. Um, that uh, I don't know if you've, you've seen it. It's I'm seeing on YouTube all the time. It's where uh, Steve Buscemi he's dressed up in like a t-shirt and he's got like a jacket on and a, and the hat backwards, and he's like, "Hey, normal high school dudes," and I'm yeah. just thinking like, "That's what I see right here." Is how are you, you know, fellow kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you, fellow kids, or whatever? It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that might make it seem a little more override. It's like um like productions of Romeo and Juliet. Uh mm. you watch a production of Romeo and Juliet with like, you know, actors out of grad school or whatever and you're like, "Boy, these are some whiny characters." But like you watch like the um I don't remember which older film version there was where they actually cast people who are like 15 and 16 to play Romeo and Juliet. And you're like, "Oh, they're cuz they're dumb cuz they're young." Oh, you know, like the the feeling changes so significantly and like I I think there is some merit to the idea that part of the reason this might jar so much out of context, like watching it just a minute at a time, is that we don't have the you know comforting um, like framework of 
an hour and a half to feel like these are young people Mm -hmm. that this type of phrasing and just pure raw nerve shenanigans might fly better with younger people. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I should give it that much credit. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's just a no, no, just in general. Like it's, it's, just a, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bad move just in screenwriting in general. It's, it's not something you should do, but I, yeah. but I will say um, in this movie's defense, I think it is. And, and specifically the casting of these two um, yeah. or, or any of the young people. I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but you know, it's, it is. No, it is unfair to compare this to what Homecoming is doing because their their um, goals are completely different. Right, uh, right. Where like this is, you know, Raimi was trying to recreate the uh, Lee Ditko Ramita era with these movies, and in those, Peter, while technically is a kid, um, isn't doesn't really act like one because kids, you know, acted differently in the sixties. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they, you know, they dated women who worked at, a at, at the daily newspaper. bugle. Um, yeah. yeah the newspaper. Uh, because for some reason, uh, you know, kids in high school were more, uh, adults than, uh, or men in high school were more adults than women, uh, who were, uh, working at a, newspaper um but uh, uh yeah well the 60s um yeah. But, but yeah i mean it just has it, it, it's it's i think they're they're trying to recreate that sort of tone of of the peter who was young but sort of like ageless weirdly yeah. just like ageless young guy um and and i think that was sort of the vibe that they were trying to recreate with these movies yeah. and and I think that's what they're kind of going for which is why they get him out of high school as fast as possible because right. it's not it's not really what they're interested in here mm. um as opposed to like the homecoming stuff where they're just going to be like kind of reveling in high school for like three yeah. movies John um, Hughes the superhero movies right yeah. right right yeah. so yeah he um, the, this this Peter Parker seems so much more tortured and you know, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> uh, feeling the weight of being Spider-Man. Whereas, yeah, right. In the mm-hmm. new one, it's more just for fun and being Tony Stark's pal. Yeah, right. He's our our Peter in this universe. I I think partly because this sort of contained Raimi universe only has the one superhero. Really, yep. uh, is more of a you know young guy trying to make it in the city type of uh, mm-hmm. focus. Unless he's very it. much we we've we've drawn this line before, but I don't know if we've ever really um, drawn a direct line to this comparison. Mm-hmm. But he really is sort of if you take the Lee Spider Man, the way that Stan Lee writes Spider Man in the '60s and early '70s, mm-hmm. and you combine that with with the Christopher Reeve Superman. That's I think I think that's what they're going for here. Yeah. <laughs> um and 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 I think for the most part I believe they succeed. Um, oh yeah. Entirely. I, but I I really love this movie, but Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, this dialogue sucks. Um This dialogue sucks <laughs> and it, and it's it's one of the few times where the like age discrepancy seems really uh, apparent in the idea that oh, they're not 18. Well, this dialogue sucks, but even even uh, Richard Donner's Superman has, uh, can he read my mind? Right. Um, so, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, Is that the poem? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. 
they're not all they're they're not all winners. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, I I'm, I guess I'm I'm more interested in this scene less about the. I think we made enough excuses for the dialogue and enough vlogging on it. I guess I'm more interested in like the emotional work the actors are doing here. Yeah. I think that's more what I get drawn in by and more what I like. And I like um, her sort of cresting out of that long, you know, build up from yesterday into just let's have some time to be a little soap opera-y and let's, you know, uh, share our feelings and share them as honestly as we can. And, mm -hmm. you know, like they've got real tears in their eyes. Like mm -hmm. the, the way Toby's eyes flicker when she says, I love you, like... Oh, see, it, I, that's oh. not a flicker. That's a complete face drop. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, that's what I was laughing at, was because oh, she, okay. says, she says, I love you, and he his face drops like, what? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, whoa, whoa, whoa what? Yeah, that's um, a better way to phrase it, sure. <laughs> it's so great. It's, like, I... Wh what I like about it, it's not just that it's funny. It's funny because it is um it lands on him like it's the first time anyone's ever said that and of course that's how it would feel to the character of course that, but it's really hard to do as the person acting out that scene like what i don't know which take this is uh we've <laughs> already been like you know filming this whole movie with the script in our brain knowing we're gonna get to this moment like he's well aware of the fact that she's going to say it on like several levels he knows but you have to put that out of your brain and let this land on you and, and catch you off guard. And that's the moment you're hoping to catch on camera. Right. You have to like trick your brain into knowing, uh, into not knowing how the scene is going to end because your character doesn't. Like right. how to think their thoughts. And I think Toby is always thinking Peter Parker's thoughts in this movie. And that is just such a pure human like version of the like, <laughs> wait, what? Wait, yeah. <laughs> well, and then and then after the initial shock, he sort of like looks down and starts mm. like like kind of and almost almost panicking because it, it's it's like oh 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 no oh no like this yeah. isn't I this is this is all I've ever wanted but now that I have it this is bad this is bad this is bad <laughs> um and I just oh man it's good I really I really do like that um once mm. she once she professes her love for him then it's it. The rest of this is um, fine. Well, it's again well, like there, there's there's so much to tell is not great, but it's um. not great. But it it reminds me again of the hospital scene where there's a great moment here at the end of it, and it's like we kind of just like well, let's we got to get there, and then it'll be fine, and it is fine once we're there. But like getting up that hill is rough. <laughs> like uh, mm -hmm. once we get there, I buy it, and mm -hmm. like this kiss is a good movie kiss, so you know. Props, yeah, guys. The, you know, true. It's, yeah, the, it's the kiss. Uh, I agree. The kiss. For, that was kind of the first moment for me in in the minute was like uh, he totally, you know, clearly <laughs> leans into it. It's <clears throat> it, it, it's what he wanted, and coming out of it, he even looks just like you know, this is everything I dreamed, and it is a little heartbreaking mm -hmm. knowing mm -hmm. where it's about to go and that he's got to shut it down. And and yeah, you think yeah it it's too bad the moment can't last longer yeah i mean i i've, I've said it before and i'll say it again mj's the MacGuffin of the movie um, mm -hmm. and it's the thing that he's been chasing this whole movie and he finally gets it and he he he, he's, he gets it and he can have it but he has to let it go 
Indy, um, let it go. And let I, it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I love that. I think it's, it's I think it's a really smart way to write this. And we've said it a million times before now, but it's actually happening. This is MJ's decision. This isn't something that yeah. Peter is making her do. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that she has concluded on her own and is mm-hmm. making this decision. And and he's just saying no. Yeah, it's it's MJ's not MJ, but it's like the payoff from uh, Aunt May's um, whole defensive Mary Jane in terms of saying like, uh, well, isn't that up to her? Like when when Peter used to be confused and say, well, she's Harry's girl, girl or whatever. And Aunt May says, well, isn't that up to her? Well, this is her saying it's up to her and putting it out there all on the line. I I mm. I respect it. Uh, you know, if you are going to do a version of guy gets the girl at the end trope i think this is like one of the least bleh ways to do it Mm -hmm. in terms of her agency and his um decision making Mm -hmm. real tears (laughs) there's tears in their eyes i love it Um, um there is uh a bit after she says i really love you peter and there's like that long sort of shot like uh before she says like i i really love you peter and then kisses him um Mm -hmm. Uh, where there's actually there's a cut line in the uh, oh. script that oh, is no. voiceover that, that of Spider-Man that says tell her you love her tell her who you are and Whoa. Then, and and then he's what? and then like yeah then it they kiss and he's like I I I, I can't um so yeah that, that might be gilding the lily a bit uh-huh <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> I don't. I, I don't we... love the the like the the meta textual Spider Man. Like that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, did he use? Was, would it have been in a different voice? I mean, because he doesn't change his voice at all. So. Well, I, I mean, I assume it would just be voiceover. I don't. I don't know. Well, it's, yeah. it'd be his Morgan Freeman voice, of course. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's right. Course. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Tell him you are Spider Man. <laughs> this is very important. Um, I. <laughs> I want to throw in here as well. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing Morgan Freeman reading the voiceover at the beginning and oh end God, of this movie please, now. Though. Oh, oh no! So much. This is isn't a story for the wee heart. <laughs> this story, like any story worth telling, is about a girl. Ah, uh, man, that's fun. Um, props to them too. In terms of, I mean, this is just such a, a silly thing, but it's the thing I think about all the time in scenes in movies where you have to like be romantic you know whether it's a kissing scene or like a love scene or like a marriage scene or any of that sort of stuff uh how they're the most awkward thing in the world to do and i'm always impressed when they make them look not awkward because like at at this point in this movie like these i mean they cast these people because they have great chemistry and that's like its own electric thing about how you know people respond to each other on screen but it doesn't mean people like like genuinely want to hook up with each other or whatever it just means you work well together and at this point in a movie they probably feel like you know a sister or your like work friend that you've been around for months and that you've like soldiered through difficult I mean, things with and it's like a like kiss now guys. that's assuming kiss. that's assuming a lot about the about the schedule the shooting schedule of this movie oh sure yeah maybe they didn't yeah like maybe this was second week or something yeah. you know entirely possible but but at any rate there's no there's no time that it's not awkward and the longer you go before doing the kissing scene sometimes the more awkward it becomes and um 
just a, a thing that I don't know if it's worth sharing, but the thing that helps for me, like, because uh, I've had to do a couple kissing scenes for films and uh, short films, and they're always weird in your brain. But I had a um, an actress I was working with who who uh, told me this was her like go to thing about it, because I think actresses are asked more often to like create uh, flirty chemistry with people that doesn't actually exist. And her her thing was like, you can't really fake liking someone it doesn't really work on screen because the camera can kind of read your thoughts um but you obviously can't like make yourself fall in love with somebody so what works is to substitute Mm -hmm. a different emotion that reads similarly on camera so what she said is she if she likes to focus on admiration because obviously you can't make yourself like romantically care about this person you have to fake kiss while there's like lights and the you know camera body in front of your face but you can focus on what they should be proud of in themselves and what you know you wish you had or could do. So if you're like looking at the person being like, I really admire their persistence or like, you know, that charity work they were telling me that they do, or like, I really like um, how, how driven they are or whatever. Like if you stare at somebody and focus all your positive admiration on them, it's on a similar visual wavelength to cherishing them romantically. It's it's why those like, um, you know, those memes that say like, you know, get you a guy who looks at you the way everyone looks at Meryl Streep, like, or uh, get you a person who looks at you the way Lin-Manuel Miranda looks at everyone. Like those memes of people like who are like, like peers at red carpets or whatever, just looking at each other with this adoration. It's like the reason those pictures work is because your admiration reads similarly to like romance mm. in a camera. So you can, you can use that instead. So I don't know, that was like a, little behind the scenes acting thing I thought was worth it. I like that. <laughs> uh, okay. So good job. Good job Toby and Kirsten you, you're selling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, so this is uh I I I do like the sort of back and forth of him saying I can't and her worried expression and like, you know, the tears in her eyes and everything. And her just like, I can't what? Um, yeah. And and then him saying, like, I, I can't tell you everything because there's so much to tell. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's so much to tell. <laughs> like, I, just, I like that emotional whiplash um, because he's going to he's going to pull the rug out from under her again tomorrow. Um, uh, and it's yeah. yeah. Uh, Come on, Peter. <laughs> there's got to be a better way to word this, pal. Um. Like, well, also he's like answering his own brain where he says, I can't. And then tell you everything is how he follows it up. Like you're almost there already. You're just making it worse by like yeah. pushing it off further. Uh, yeah. Just, the, just the fact that, you know, she has to ask, uh-huh. you know, you can't what, yeah. right. It, uh, it, it's already, you sad. know, she's in for more of a world of hurt now. Cause she had to af- actually ask it cause she's part her head's probably already going somewhere else. Mm. And uh, yeah, she doesn't really know what's coming. And, yeah. Yeah. Peter, I've got this romantic rim light on my hair. Like we're ready. This is, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I, I did like about the, I can't was, um, you know, the first time you hear Peter in the, in the scene is he's, near, he's, he's talking mm-hmm. to himself, right? He's all I ever wanted to was tell her how much I loved mm-hmm. her. Um, and then he says out loud, I can't. And I thought that was a nice touch because he, he's talking to her, but he's also answering himself in a way. Yeah. 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 Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a, I thought that yeah. was, and it was, it's, it's, it's like better, that. it's better than the voiceover of Spider-Man literally telling him what to do. <laughs> than him saying, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's better. I mean, thankfully, you know, it's voiceover. So regardless of what's in the script, you could do that 18 different ways in voiceover yeah. and not pick a final version until, uh, you know, you're about to print the movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, the, the way that they do it and that the final version is much, uh, much better because it's still the sort of call and response between the, the, the voiceover and Peter. Um, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel as direct as it does in the script, I guess. Um, yeah, which I like better. Um, totally. Absolutely. Um, so uh, unless anyone else has any minute, uh, any notes for this particular minute, um, I'll just I'll ask you guys. I'm going to we'll ask you about this movie in particular, like seeing it for the first time and everything tomorrow. But I'm curious about, you know, obviously the electric company already came up. Um, <laughs> so, so is that, was that the first time that you guys ever ran into Spider-Man as a character or had you been reading comics before that or what, so, what, 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 where, where did Spider-Man come into your life for the first time? Yeah. Chris and Chris and I actually were talking about this yesterday. We, mm-hmm. we were, we were recording some episodes of Star Trek minute and he had asked me, he's like, what do you remember of Spider-Man? And the first thing that pops in my head is the song, mm-hmm. you know, oh, Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man. And I, he was like, oh, he's like, really? And I was like, oh, why? And Chris, you responded with. Yeah, my, mine was the electric company. Mm-hmm. That's my first wow. Spider-Man memory for sure. And uh, there's so much detail that I have not lost. Actually, after we talked about, it, I went you know, on YouTube to like see some clips and I'm like, oh my God, my memory was so vivid for, you know, how he would, you know, throw his web, uh, throw his web at, at yep. bad guys, and it would be animated. But then they'd immediately cut to someone under the net, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god! And any, and even the song, you know, the the intro song, yep. uh, uh, nobody knows who you are. You know, all that was just, uh, it was all right there, and it was exactly as I remembered it. And um, for for and for me, guys, I'm not. I'm, I like I like Spider Man. I'm not a I'm not a I'm more of a, a Batman guy. That's my go to. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Spider Man is not up and you know number one for me. Um, yeah. But between Electric Company and this film, these are like my two touchstones for Spider Man. Oh wow! Oh wow! wow. So, that's, so this oh, was kind God. of a, a reintroduction for me. And and you know I know the, you know the story. I always know the story of his you know his origin and everything. But this is this is how I was really reintroduced to him. That's still uh, that's that's a that's a big that's definitely a big jump from yeah. like they adapted yeah, Electric Company yeah. into this. Whoa, weird! <laughs> um, he's not even teaching anyone how to read. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> he's teaching us how to feel. Scott. Awesome. Uh, did um so yeah so like between those early memories with the electric company like you didn't like um read comics before then or things like that about Spider-Man it was just um Yeah I I yeah. did um so mm-hmm. I got into comics I don't know how old I was Chris um mm-hmm. what was I, I don't know it was I was before you I mean we we both got into Batman you, about you introduced yeah and I think I introduced you to comics right, you introduced me to comics yeah and so I had been reading a bunch of different stuff from X-Men to Batman Superman um I strictly I, I I sort of gravitated more toward the DC stories, mm-hmm. but the characters that I really liked were um, 
Spider-Man, particularly the, um, and probably people are going to roll their eyes, mm. is the the whole Ben Ben Riley clone Scarlet Spider series. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, those were some of my favorite, you know, memories of reading Spider-Man comics. Was was that whole arc? Mm. Yeah. That was a. It's it was that, a big event. The, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's coming back around. I mean, you still have like older fans who still snub their nose at it, but um, yeah. people people who are you know under fifty. Uh, seem to <laughs> seem to uh, actually weirdly look more fondly on that era because for a lot of them it was the era that they were reading Spider-Man comics, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why Ben Riley has sort of become uh, a really weirdly popular character, like in his own right, yeah. right? Yeah, um, you know, becoming yeah. like Scarlet Spider and all that stuff. So. Yeah, and I, I know they did some weird things with Spider-Man and later later stuff with you know they retconned a lot of stuff, and I think that's when I sort of I sort of dropped off before you know things got serious with him and Mary Jane, and I was like, yeah, I'm not not my thing anymore. And I pretty much stuck mainly to like the Batman Superman stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Fair enough. Um, all right, well, uh, guys, tell people where they can find you uh, and find your podcast. Sure. So Dave and I are doing a uh, every other day uh, uh, analysis of the Star Trek films. We are the Star Trek Minute, and uh, nice. we're currently our current season right now. We're talking about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, previously did Rathacon, and uh, just moving through that kind of trilogy arc right now. Um, and yeah, you can find us at StarTrekMinute.com, and we're on Twitter as Star Trek Minute. So uh, all the usual places. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, it's great. If you like Star Trek, I, I highly recommend. Especially um, if you like Star Trek, uh, but you're but you're nervous because um, you know Star Trek <laughs> Star Trek nerds are uh, 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 a particular bunch. We'll call them particular. Um, yeah, but, that works. but but uh, but but Chris and Dave are uh, self-professed bad Trekkies. So. <laughs> um, they make everyone feel welcome, uh, and it's exactly. yeah. we we uh, we learn we learn every episode we learn something new. So it's yeah, oh, we do. Uh, yes, yeah. that's wonderful. Absolutely. So it's 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 like a I don't know. It's like the first like Star Trek thing that I've ever listened to that just kind of feels like a big hug. Um, which, which isn't, isn't normal with Star Trek. Like usually Star Trek stuff, um, it feels a little uh, I don't know dry i guess like sure. especially yeah. the way like some fans treat it um they treat mm-hmm. it a little more clinical and a little more dry and and you guys don't and that's what i love about your show so um oh, thanks you, a lot you, yeah, yeah thanks so if you guys you. like star trek make sure that you check out uh star trek minute awesome yeah and uh we will be back tomorrow with minute 115 bye everybody bye bye, bye.